Talk Real Estate with Sharon McNamara, sponsored by Boston Connect Real Estate Services. Hi, I'm Sharon McNamara, and you are listening to Talk Real Estate Roundtable. Let me share a little bit about my background before we get started. I am the broker owner of Boston Connect Real Estate, a boutique real estate firm that is home to over 30 real estate sales and marketing consultants who service home buyers and home sellers throughout Boston, the South Shore, the South Coast, and Cape Cod. Our firm takes pride in assisting our clients in the next chapter of their lives by taking a holistic approach to their real estate endeavors. We believe that every move should be a moving experience. Every week, my real estate team member, Mary Baker, and I, along with the director of Boston Connect Real Estate, Melissa Wallace, provide you with our unique marketing approach to selling homes and share with you our expertise in navigating the home buying process. We like to mix it up sometimes, so not only will you hear our perspective on real estate topics, but you will hear the expert thoughts and opinions of some of our real estate agents at Boston Connect Real Estate and the preferred professionals that we trust. Be part of our roundtable. If you have any questions during the show, please call 781-837-4900. We'd love to talk real estate. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and wherever you listen to podcasts at Talk Real Estate Roundtable. If you would like a one-on-one consultation with me and my team or one of the dedicated agents at Boston Connect Real Estate to discuss your real estate needs, you can connect with us at bostonconnect.com or 781-826-8000. Now, sit back, relax, take good notes, and let's talk real estate. real estate. And we're back. Hello to all my South Shore neighbors. We're back. Yeah, we're back from last Tuesday. And um, we have the same guest. We're at the same place. I am Sharon McNamara. I am the broker owner. Well, you just heard the intro, so that didn't change much since that played. Um, and I am here with Mary Baker. I'm all tied up in my wires. We have Melissa Wallace, who's getting us all prepared on all of our social media feeds. So you can find us on Facebook Live. Um, we're on McNamara the Broker Team, right, yep. is uh, where you can find us if you want to see what we we look like and what our guests look like. One of them in particular looks so thrilled about being here. <laughs> a little bribery had to go into it. And, um, you know, I think that, you know what, she loves us. A huh? little dynamic. <laughs> well, just add a little spice to it, Denise. That's what you're here for. Denise, it's, it's best that you're here because we always say, oh, Denise would know that. Denise would know that. <laughs> when the manual doesn't know the answers, that's what we say. You're the go-to. It's fine. Yes. So uh, to all of our WATV listeners, Um, We have um, a continuation on from our show last week. It was such a great show. We had a lot of callers. We had people texting me uh, with questions. We had people on Facebook asking questions. We had people calling the studio with questions. And our topic was in regard to uh, basically title. title. Yeah, Yeah, title title insurance. insurance. What is a clear title? All of that. And we had uh, one of my favorites um, in the whole universe. We had Emmanuel Ebot with us from Styles Law. And he's with us again this evening. Hello, hello. Good evening. And glad to be back. Yes, we're so happy to have you. I mean, last week was such a great show. And then at the end of it, I was like, no pressure, but like, will you come back next week? (laughs) Right on the spot. It was live for everybody to hear. Yeah, exactly. My dad actually, hi dad. I know you're listening. He asked, well, what's the show going to be about tonight? And I was like, it was so good last week. We're going to do a repeat. It was a good show. So (laughs) we got the two thumbs up from Frank Costa, AKA Nanu. He's our biggest fan. He is our biggest fan as well as Melissa's mother. Um, And then we also have, um, um, Emmanuel, do you want to do the honors and um, introduce our other guest that we have and let everybody know what her relationship is to you at Styles Law? Why, yes, well, thank you. Um, 
So yeah, obviously last week was a great show. As you mentioned, there was a, a lot of interaction and <clears throat> I, it would be, uh, I, I wouldn't want to take too much credit because the brains behind the operation is actually Denise Chetwin. She's our transaction coordinator at Styles Law. Um, she's basically has her hand in every single transaction and um, has a particular expertise in title issues and title resolution issues, which is why um, the topic that we're, we talked about last week and what we're going to talk about some more today, um, you know, it's great that she's on because she can give some some real world uh, stories about title issues and how they can disrupt a real estate closing or refinance and and the struggle it, it takes to get these resolved and, and why it's so important to kind of prepare ahead of time so that we're not, you know, we're not, we're not at closing with, with issues. So Denise Chetwin. Everyone. Mm, yay, Denise. And Hi. Yes, we sort of did give you a little pressure. So thank you so much, <laughs> Denise, for joining us tonight. I know this is a little bit out of your comfort level, but honestly, you're just sitting at the round table with us. You're just sitting at the round table with us. There's nobody know, else I listening. Know. Nobody I'd rather be sitting at the round table with. <laughs> well, perfect. Um, and you know, it's interesting because I, I do, I'm not sure about the dynamics, but I just feel like Emmanuel and Denise are just there for us. Because they oh. always answer. They always respond. I, I was feel like, like wow. you personally work with us only. <laughs> yeah. like, I, know. I don't even know who I'm talking to or who I'm, I'm always referring Emmanuel and Denise. Emmanuel, Emmanuel and Denise. Denise. Yes. Just. And how is that the setup there? So Denise, do you, again, you work at Styles Law. So of course, Mark Styles um, over in Marshfield. Do you work specifically, like, do you two just team up and like, does every attorney have like their own teammate or do you have to, Emmanuel have to share you? I am the teammate to all the attorneys. I'm there to support all the attorneys and all the transactions that come in wow. and specifically on the sales side is um, I'll take it from when we receive the offer all the way to closing. Hmm. On purchases and refinances, those will go over to the other closers that are in the back room. Hmm. Awesome. Yeah. That's good to know. Yeah, I mean, she must be busy. Very busy, I would presume. <laughs> How you keep it straight and like make sure I'm getting you the stuff that I need to get you sometimes on time. I'm like, oh, good reminder. Thanks. Yes. Thanks, Denise. Yep. They, yeah. they do give us little credits every so. I mean, we, every, we every try so to keep often. it organized for them a little bit too. So, uh, but as I said last week, Denise, and I think that you were listening, I don't know if you were on Facebook or if you were listening um, on WATD, we really do appreciate everything that you do. And what I love about us being on Zoom is I can look you right there, zero in on your eyes and let you know how much I appreciate you. And Emmanuel, you know, Emmanuel and I have conversations throughout the week occasionally anyways. And honestly, our team would not be as successful or as credible without your team. So thank you so much to Emmanuel and Denise from Styles Law. I appreciate you and all you do for us and all the other Boston Connect agents as well. So um, that's that's my little spiel. I feel like Emmanuel's thank blushing you. a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> But you know, just to just get back, I think there again. I, I I can I know I can speak for Denise, but we really enjoy working with your team. Um, the uh, dedication to your clients, the attention to detail, is is really second to none in the industry. So, yeah. the reason why you you three are successful and your your agents are successful as they are is your your leadership kind of permeates through your organization. So, mm-hmm. I know I speak for Denise. We. We're always happy when we're working with you because we know that you're, you've been prepared, you've prepared your clients, and 
we're on the right track to get to where we need to be. So absolutely. You guys make my job easy. <laughs> well, that is good to hear. And you if talk. any of our agents here at Boston Connect mess up, you just give me a ring ring. Okay. <laughs> uh, we'll make sure that doesn't happen. Um, no, but again, it is, it's really all about, you know, creating teams and, you know, you know, we keep in mind always the focus is the client. And that's why we say we take a holistic approach to this and we're no good without them and their referrals to us. So to all of our clients out there listening, thank you so much. Mm. Mel, do you want to sort of take over where I know you were just getting us busy all over Facebook? Want to give everybody getting uh, us busy. Yeah, we are um, live on Facebook. So make sure you like our page, McNamara Broker Team. Um, and then we have our little snippets. Or we have fun on Instagram. Instagram, okay, so um, follow us on Instagram too. So it's I have a lot of fun on team. Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you have any questions for us, or even want to tell some stories about, you know, some of the topics that we're talking about tonight, um, be sure to find us. Um, if you, if, a lot of people were texting Sharon last week, yeah. so Sharon, you want to give your phone number again? Sure. I mean, Tom Brady did it. I might as well. Uh, so. <laughs> Tom Brady texted you? No, 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 no. Tom Brady gave out his phone number. So I told Rob and Lisa this morning, hey, if Tom Brady can do it, so can I. And I did it first, Tom. He got that idea from me. Sharon McNamara. Because I gave myself my cell phone out. So my cell phone number is 781-294-4848. Again, 781-294-4848. If you have any questions, uh, tonight is the night that we have um, legal professionals with us. We're t- we are talking about title and the importance of it. And one of the things that I really wanted to get to last week was like what goes wrong and not so much like to say, Hey, I love horror stories. I like to hear how you had them, got them fixed and the importance of having title insurance. Uh, You can also call the studio. Ben is in studio 781-837-4900. You can ask any questions again that you want to ask us. Even if you just want to say hello, we had to bribe people a couple weeks ago, but Hey, we did. (laughs) It worked. <laughs> it worked. We got a caller. So Mel, you want to take, take um, us from here? Yeah. So this is going to be part two of, you know, is your home covered? So why don't we do like a little bit of a recap for anybody who missed last week's show. Um, but if you do want to listen to that show, you can go to talkrealestateroundtable.com. Um, but why don't we start with title insurance? So just sort of run down with the basics, what title insurance is, what is the importance of it? You know, have you or any of your clients really have to use it? Who wants to go first? Emmanuel. Emmanuel. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> recap last week, <clears throat> the title insurance is essentially what, it's, what it uh, says. It's insurance um, that covers the title defects or title claims against your house. So in the same way that homeowner's insurance insures over an actual casualty, a fire or a lightning strike, uh, flood insurance insures over flooding. Title insurance is the same way. It insures over someone making a claim to your property. And um, the reason why it's important is the due diligence that usually takes place when you're buying property, it's a 50-year title search. So, and 50 years might seem like a long time, but again, when you think about it, that's 1971. So anything before 1971 is really, we, we don't know where it's not viewable in your title search. So to make sure that there's nothing from before then that might affect your title that's where title insurance comes in so that that's that's the reason we have it um in a nutshell essential mm-hmm. and the difference between the title insurance when you have the your own policy and the bank because i don't want people to get confused by that i think that that's important to sort of reiterate as well if you could just give a little snippet about the differences so people know they should have it yeah so that's i mean that comes up 
every time we do a transaction. I mean, why does a buyer have to get two types of insurance? Why can't I just use the lenders? So it's essentially two separate, it's, it's the same uh, insurance risk, but it's two different insurance. So anytime you're getting a loan from a bank, the bank wants to make sure that you're getting uh, in that they're covered. So that loan policy is for them. It doesn't cover you if there's a title claim. So you actually have to purchase your own policy. Um, so it, it looks like you're buying two policies, but one is actually for the bank that the bank's making you pay for in the closing. And the other one is for you. So, um, you know, please don't think that just because you're getting the lender policy that it in any way covers you. It only covers the bank in the event of a foreclosure. So. Perfect. What do we want to get into next, Mel? Oh, sorry. I'm I, just reading a question from somebody, but okay. uh, did you have something else to ask? Oh, no, I'm like ready to get into it. I'm I like, know. I, I want horror stories. <laughs> Give me the damn horror <laughs> stories. But we have a question from somebody. Uh, yeah, but I haven't read it yet. So why don't we go on to clear title? Um, so why don't we recap that part? So what is, uh, you know, what does it mean to have clear title when you're selling a property? Uh, did you have something to say? I, I just wanted to say something that I learned last week that I thought was great. And this is, you know, Mary, how I always say, like, we're better off to be proactive than reactive. Mm -hmm. And I know Mark Stiles says that in his commercial yeah. on WATD, but he totally stole that from me because <laughs> I'm letting you know I said it's it. It's symbiotic. Yes. Okay. <laughs> symbiotic. Um, but that is the truth. And one of the things that I thought that you said last week that I didn't realize is when you're the listing agent, when you're the attorney for the seller, that you're not doing that title search, which really doesn't make sense to me why you wouldn't, but I, I guess there's a reason for it, but the buyer's attorney is generally doing it and they're not doing it until later because they mm -hmm. want to make sure that the transaction is staying together before they, I guess, send what do you send a runner or something to go flip through all those books down in Plymouth? I don't even know. I'm sure there's a lot of back end things that happen. Maybe yeah. there's some costs associated. That's, all them. That's all them though. That's, that has nothing to do with You get that. We'll do yeah. the open houses. You do that. Um, <laughs> but I was really interested to hear Denise that you actually do like a mini search for all of our sellers beforehand. Well, hey, hooray, that's awesome. Exactly. You know, that would, that's something good for us to know because I'm going to put that in my, you know, when I tell people why they need a, an attorney, that's something great to know. You're getting ahead and that's of not extra. That's part of the fee. And we'll go back um, to the current owner and the owner prior so that we can get ahead of any title issues that may or may not arise. That's so and smart. It's such been an added very, bonus. Mm. very beneficial. I um, actually just got a discharge today for a closing on Friday and I still don't have the title exam from the buyer's attorney yet. Oh, so we're closing on Friday. Yeah, yeah. Which oh, is crazy. Yeah. So that would be interesting. And I'm going to be, I'm not, it's not really veering off topic, but explain what that means. So you said you mm -hmm. just got a discharge so, and you haven't gotten the title exam back and we have a closing on Friday. So what does that realistically mean for a seller? Or so I'm assuming it's a seller, right? So if there's any yeah. outstanding mortgages on title, that show up in the title exam and the owner is like, no, no, I paid that off back in, you know, 1994. And, you know, it's still showing as, as open on title. You have to track down what's called a discharge of mortgage. And that's basically a piece of paper that the mortgage holder at the time, the record title holder of the mortgage will sign saying, yep, we've been paid in full. The lien's been satisfied. We hear by discharge it from the record title. And if you don't have that document recorded at the registry of deeds, 
it still looks like you have that mortgage open and it's okay. still showing as a lien on your property. So um, like Sharon just said that she found out, we do do you know a quick title search for our sellers. And um, this particular one, there was this mortgage. And when I contacted the client, she was like, nope, that's been paid off. I only have one mortgage. And I'm like, well, two are showing up on title. So I need to do some, some digging. This is just amazing to me. And I'm going to like, it's blowing my mind because in reality, if you still haven't, so say you never did that. So you never did your mini title search up front and you have a closing on Friday. You still, it's now Tuesday. You haven't gotten the title search back during that title search. I'm sure they're going to find that there's an undischarged mortgage or, or an unrecorded mortgage. What not discharge, a discharge. discharge, Um, And then they're going to be hunting it down because I'm sure you did this well ahead of time and you just got it yesterday or today. Yes. yes. So, so that house would not be closing on Friday. There are, there are different offices obviously who are better at, you know, getting things to you sooner rather than later that, mm-hmm. you know, some things fall through the cracks and that's why it's good that we, we do this. And that's huge. My mind is blown. Yeah. My mind is blown. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Well, Denise, you just tell me who those attorneys are on the other side. I'll get a whip. No, no, no. (laughs) (laughs) I'm kidding. But, you know, I'll get a whip. (laughs) Do they need a gentle reminder? Because it does not make sense to me. And I understand you want to save if it isn't going to go all the way through. You want to wait until the end. But, like, I don't know. Not two days before. Yeah, their title examiner may not have gotten to it or it may have fallen through the cracks on that end. You know, I mean, they... A few days before closing is atypical. Yeah. Uh, That can be so impactful to, I mean, let's take the worst case scenario for talking horror stories. Say that this one transaction is a domino for for three other transactions, which which happens very, very often, especially Mm -hmm. in the market that we're in. So if transaction A doesn't close because the title examiner uh, or the title exam hasn't come back, Mm -hmm. then we have um, transaction B and C that those are potentially three families that are displaced, maybe only for a week. Maybe it only takes a couple of days. Yeah, but, but you, that's expensive. It is expensive. I mean, you have to think about like moving costs and um, hotels. We had to do that recently, remember? Did, yeah. Oh, P.S. Somebody forgot to tell the other side. The, the buyer asked for um, an earlier closing date on a Friday. We said, sure. And no one told the loan officer. <laughs> How does that happen? That's kind of integral, but whatever. Yeah, you guys were on that. I think, Emmanuel, you, you remember. I mean, I won't say the exact address, Wampatuck Street in Hingham. <laughs> it's not the exact address, but, like, it. you know what I mean? Yeah. And there we are. Like, what do you mean nobody told him? Like, you asked us for this, and we said yes. And then my client's moving truck is going down the street, and we're not closing. So I, we ended up paying for the hotel for them that weekend. We paid for a hotel dinner, right? and dinner, like anything and everything that we could do because it wasn't our fault, but I didn't want them to be that to be their last experience. Who's that? Who's that caller? Um, it, it's not, it doesn't have anything to do with title, but um, somebody wants to know if a person buys a house and they plan on flipping it and then selling it and the, but halfway through, they discovered that there's a well that goes 30 feet in backyard that has to be addressed before they can resell. Um, and they've gotten a quote, I'm assuming that this is happening in real life. And they've gotten a quote uh, for $10,000. Is that something they should have been told by the previous owner? Hmm. Uh, so it just, so is, is it's, the fact that there is a well 
in the backyard that needs repair. It's a probably a well item. like Lassie fell into. Oh, like what was his name? Timmy. Timmy. Timmy, Timmy fell into the well. Timmy, did you fall into the well? I think it was a well like that, right? Don't you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm getting. I'm trying to get more details on this because they had to. They probably have to um, collapse it and fill it. I don't know, Emmanuel. What are your thoughts on that? I guess there's a lot of questions. Yeah, a- sure. Yeah. So it it seems like um, again, without giving legal advice over the radio. Yes. Um, someone bought bought a piece of property, um, was not aware of a potential defect closed and then only found out about that defect after they've owned it and they're renovating it. Mm-hmm. Um, so the general, as a general matter, once you buy a piece of property, it's yours. There really aren't too many um, warranties uh, attached that, that the previous owner has to a current owner once it's sold, because as a buyer, you typically have, you have an opportunity to do, inspections on the property, you know, bring your own expert and see what needs to be done. So as long as you've been given that chance and there wasn't any fraud involved or anything like that, you know, generally speaking, that's not something that uh, is actionable. But again, uh, not to get legalized, but we obviously we'd want to know the specifics of the transaction, what was represented, what wasn't mm-hmm. um, to see whether was it listed with an agent. Cause I think that that would be important too, because exactly. we have to disclose. And there's also that my like favorite Latin uh, caveat emptor. I was literally, Caveat I feel like tour. I dreamt about that for this show today. I Matt was dreaming on, about it. It's on my broker's exam. Um, <laughs> <laughs> buyer beware. And we yeah. hate to be that way, but if you are a listing agent and you're not aware of it, then you just don't know. So I wonder if he bought it as a flip, did he buy it through a bank? Did he say? Can he, he just, can he call? <laughs> It's my mom asking for somebody else. <laughs> I'm trying to get the details, but you know, whatever, let's move on. Um, so, uh, okay. So are there any other recaps from last week that we want to talk about clear title and mortgage discharge before we move on? I think we hit them all. We yeah. hit them all. Okay. Let's get into the meat. Yeah. Um, let's, let's, let's. Uh, well, Barry, what's the meat to you? I want some horror yeah, so stories. I think, so a couple of things that we didn't talk about, I think maybe some of the most common, we talked about the most common title issue kind of being the undischarged mortgage, probably more so than anything. But then we have encumbrances on, um, you know, my biggest, I guess my best refer uh, reference for an encumbrance would be like a shed on somebody else's yard or across the property line, things like that. Well, he has a good example from one of our agents, what happened this year with yeah. one, a brand new agent, first transaction in, um, that was in Bridgewater. Um, but I actually, somebody did ask a question. They wanted to know how much it was, but it's just Mark. So I'll fill him in later on that. And we have it. So don't worry, Mark. Um, but can you explain, um, Emmanuel, that situation that we had with one of the agents from Boston Connect with everybody's land moved or something? Oh, yeah. So that. Well, oh, wait until you hear this one. Yeah. So this is, it's, it's not common. Um, but we we get as again since we're the terms we do this every do this every day we get this situation more than you would think we do so um, essentially what happened is this area this subdivision was subdivided many years ago forty years ago fifty years ago and the surveyor who was hired fifty years ago um, just made a mistake when he was plotting the boundaries of the property. So 50 years ago when they did the, the, the each lot and the homes were built based on that erroneous plan, it turns out each house 
it was actually half on the neighbor's lot. And this wasn't discovered until, you know, I think it was 2013-ish around there. Um, and so when that happens, it's not just one house's issue, it's literally everybody on that block has an encroachment. An encroachment is when you have a structure, whether it's a house or a shed or a pool or a fence, that's not completely on your lot. You're encroaching onto the neighboring lot. So that takes some heavy lifting. Fortunately, fortunately, the way to fix it is you, you basically have to get together with all your neighbors, get a new plan done that accurately shows where the lot lines begin and end. And you can either um, grant easements to each other. Again, I'm getting into the weeds here, but it's essentially just allow each owner to continue using those encroachments the way they are kind of like a, you know, you, you know, no harm, no foul type of thing. Or you basically just essentially do a subdivision and grant the encroached area back to the owner that it, it needs to be. So fortunately for this uh, client, they purchased owner's title insurance when they bought it. And then the area was discovered after they already owned it. So um, that title insurance company was able to work with the neighbors and resolved it. I think it took about two or three years to fully resolve it, each side granting easements to each other. So that when this client was looking to sell, it was merely a sense of just explaining this issue to prospective buyers. Again, you when, when they hear about it, I'm like, what? My 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 house is half on the neighbor's lot. <laughs> that, that's freaky. But once it, once we explained it to them, and I, I credit your agent for being, you know, proactive. You know, with. We, you know, we had a plan in place before we even had any buyer to be fully explained. We had all the plans. We were able to explain what happened, what we did, and why it's not really an issue now because it's been resolved by the tell insurance. So with that, your agent was able to get a buyer and, and they closed without, without a hitch um, because of that. So. And I'd like to give him a little shout out too, because I went to his open house and he's in our mentoring program, which is, you know, we basically hold the hand of our agents uh, with Laurie Rini, who's our empowerment team um, leader here. And it was interesting to see him there and he had papers in his hand and he was like showing every single buyer outside, you know, what was going on. And then I was like, what is going on? And then <laughs> I have my fun little app and I looked at it and I was like, yeah. So I said to Laurie, um, his first phone call will be to Emmanuel on Monday. Okay. <laughs> so I said, sure. I said, I don't know Laurie who you refer, have them, ref, like who you refer them to. I said, I want them calling. I want him to call Emmanuel tomorrow. So he did. But he ended up, we ended up giving him the Shining Star Award, right? Yeah. Yeah. He has only been with us um, maybe five months. Mm -hmm. um, he's already helped two wonderful buyers and sellers, uh, you know, and and he's on well on to his third and he's just doing amazing. And me, I see everyone's paperwork and I literally, he's the, like the best, everything is perfect, mm -hmm. but that's just so like, he's very militant. So, yeah. you know, he's a Marine and, and, and he, he does everything the way that it's supposed to be. And um, so we gave him Shining Star because he he really has been, been a star. Here. Is it going to be weird? Like if you ask him for some blood and then like we just put a little of that like blood into every one of the other agents. So all the paperwork is always correct. Uh, yeah, I think that might be a little <laughs> weird. What? I never thought of that. What analogy is that? some hair. I want to clone him. From his head. All right. Well, he's not a lamb. I mean, I just want to, you know, I want to clone him. He gonna... wants your blood, Christopher Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, no, he, um, kudos to him and, and to your team and you guys sort of, uh, yeah. did, did all that, 
you know, seamlessly and that he got, um, he got multiple offers on that property and it was great. It was good. Denise, let me ask you a question. So when we're talking about, like you said, you go back to buy like to um, sellers to do your little search. Mm-hmm. How does, like when you're talking about like a title examiner, is that somebody who's in-house? Do other just like, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a title examiner? Like, a, 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 these who are these people? Are they down at the registry of deeds? Like, because when you go down there and do a tour, you do see all these people like flipping through books. Yeah. Right? There are definitely title examiners who camp out at the registry all day long, pre-COVID. Mm-hmm. But, um, A lot of them do it online. You know, we have our, you know, our go-to title examiners that we use and. But what do they do? So that you just like, you're just looking up the address. Like, what are you looking for? Like, I wouldn't even know what to look for. Yep. You're, you're looking up the names, the addresses, um, everything, you know, everything will come up associated or indexed for that property. And if the registry has indexed it correctly. Um, our title examiners are good and, and know to go beyond that and look, you know, if you have a a name like McNamara, you're going to put it in MC and, and you're going to put it in MAC and, and, you know, see what comes up. So I guess like what other than the discharge stuff, so you're looking and you say, this, this loan wasn't discharged yet. Okay. So what are some other things that come up though? Like if you're going back to 1971, but think about some of the antique houses when we have John Buckley on with us. Right. Mm -hmm. And he'll, it's, he always has an example of like, you know, from the tree stump, the burnt down tree stump over to the whatever, you know, but like, what are you, what are some of the other things that would be a red flag that something isn't right? You're looking for any, any lien that has been put on that property. So federal tax lien, um, mechanics lien, I think um, Emmanuel talked about last week. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had work done on the property and you didn't pay the contractor, they would file a mechanics lien against your property so that they would be paid when the property sold. Um, any mortgages, equity lines. Um, if you put solar panels on, you're gonna have a UCC mm. financing statement, which mm-hmm. will need to be terminated when you sell. Um, there's all kinds of fun stuff that you look for. Perfect. Another, yeah, another thing that we scrutinize are probates, divorce records, mm, yes. bankruptcies. So, yep. so when the examiner, he basically just go. it's like he's pulling a thread. He just keeps going back from one owner to the next. He'll search their names and find anything that pops up in any of those um, records, whether it's the bankruptcy records or the um, divorce records. And and then if everything looks good, then he goes back to the next owner and he just goes back until he gets to the 50 years with everything that he's found. And then he reports back to us all the things that he's found on each of those owners. And then that's kind of where we then say, okay, these are the things that are okay. And then these are the things that we actually have to clear. Um, it's like being a detective. Oh, you would be good this at that. This sounds so much fun. I kind of want to be good. <laughs> I, I want to grow up and be a stories about all of the people. Oh, yeah. uh, should yeah. fall in love with them all. But I know like when we're at the, you know, when we used to go pre-COVID, we go to the registry of deeds and you would record it. But you aren't you doing one final check right then and there too, Emmanuel, just to make sure that nobody yeah. threw on? So, yes. So that, as... You know, I, I, as a young attorney growing up, I used to hear horror stories about that because um, what you're just describing is we do a title exam, or I should say the buyer's attorney, the bank attorney, will do a title exam 
about usually two to three weeks before the closing. Mm -hmm. And really that exam is up until that point. But if the closing is two weeks later, there really something could go on record between the time the exam is done and the closing. So what you're supposed to do is if you're a closing attorney right before, if you're at the registry of these again, pre COVID right before you go to the counter to give the documents, you actually have to go on the computer and do a last second search of the name just to make sure nothing has gone on. And the second you leave that computer, you're supposed to make a beeline to the, to the counter and file your documents. <laughs> like and, how quick can you do it? <laughs> yeah. And, I actually have a question. Yeah. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but I might lose my thought. Um, uh, so I'm just thinking, like, how fast, like, once somebody puts a lien, so say, like, you know, a seller owes me money, I did work, I'm going to put a lien on it. How instantaneous is, is it that, like, it'll show up? Because I'm just thinking, what if somebody owes you money, you drive by, you see that they have a for sale sign in their, uh, in front of their house and say, oh, my God, like, I better throw a lien on this thing before, uh, you know, they move away and I never get my money. Like, how instantaneous is it? It once like the lien is put on right away so ah. if they if that person i just give people ideas <laughs> sorry <laughs> oh my god we have all of these liens sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so if, if driving by the house you see it you're like oh, i gotta put this lien on you keep driving to the registry of deeds and you file that lien mm-hmm. um then it's it's apparent right away so if i'm Five minutes later, if I do a search on my computer, I'll be able to see that you've mm. put the lien. Again, uh, the the contractor's liens that we talked about, there's obviously some steps you have to go through. People yeah. can't go mm-hmm. slapping liens. Yeah, I would think on. that like you have to prove that they owe you money to somebody. Yeah. <laughs> you if somebody money. owes me money, you I'm driving me. by their house every day, making sure they're not selling it. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. So tell us, give us an example. Give us some Has that examples. ever happened to you? Yeah, has it? Yeah, that's one thing it has, and we've seen it with new construction. Where again? No, don't tell me that. Okay, continue. Tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Not not any of your clients. Right, none of your clients. So with new construction, the developer obviously was, I mean, just not in the best financial situation. Was hoping to close this transaction to kind of pay off a lot of his debts, and I mean, we could get a sense of that as we were leading up to closing. Um, just based on all the bills that he was sending us to pay from his proceeds. So at the closing, I mean, you could tell he was anxious to get it on record so we could disperse. As we were doing the rundown, a few of his subcontractors had then had filed liens that morning. And because of that, we we can't proceed because now we have to clear those liens um, before we can proceed. And that's why it's important. I mean, there's some attorneys who don't take that step. when I first started, there are some registries that don't keep records as of that day. So that used to be a issue of concern where liens put the day of closing could impact the buyer, which was even more reason why you would get title insurance. But it, it has happened. We've had tax liens filed the morning of closing, um, child support liens filed. It, it, I it's thought really, that too, yeah, child support would be a good get one. Them. Get them. Mm-hmm. But you know, my question is, get is them. get them. <laughs> Um, but my question is now that Mary blew it for me. No, my question is it isn't something like it just comes off the top of the proceeds. You have to go through a whole process. Well, you have to determine how much is, you have to determine what it is. First of all, um, whether the seller is able to, to pay it. Cause that's not always the case. Sometimes. Yeah. It's, yeah, I was gonna say, what do you do if they can't? Mm-hmm. Uh, 
I do have a question. Oh, that's a 10, 10 minute bill, not five minutes. Made me nervous. I have a question uh, from uh, Stephanie Anderson from uh, Valrico, Florida. Wants to know um, how much is there like a monetary value on a lien? Like, um, like a max? Is there a, no like a minimum in order to put a lien on a property, or maybe a maximum? Um, no, no. So there isn't a. You minimum. owe me a dollar. I can put a lien on your property. So uh, the the mechanics of the contract is things that we talked about. That's for, you know, it's for a contractor who did work on the property roofer and then the, the homeowner stepped in. So mm -hmm. the value of the work you can put the lien on. But the other types of liens we're talking about, whether it's a IRS tax lien or it could be for $2. There's no minimum. It just means that if you've gone to court and proved that someone owes you money and the judge approves a judgment or a lien, it, it could be for any amount. We, mm -hmm. we see a lot of, um, I shouldn't say we see a lot of when you do see liens, they tend to be like credit card type liens. So, yeah, you know, not necessarily after I'm numbers, but it prevents the, the transaction from moving forward until those have been addressed. That, so towns must do that, right? So if people owe money on taxes, so they must put a lien on it? I don't yeah. think so. Yeah, I mean, that's another thing that we look at. And Denise can, you know, dealing with the yeah. towns with that is also can be tricky depending on how far they are in the process of, um, cause it's not always automatic, you know, they have to calculate interest that's accrued and, um, mm. you see that a lot. So like the mortgages, these tax takings are, we, we deal with them all the time. Yes. We want to have Denise talk because right, Denise, just so you know, when Mark is on with Emmanuel, Emmanuel doesn't get to talk. So right now, <laughs> Emmanuel's on with you and you're not getting to talk. So he's pulling okay. a mark. <laughs> That's okay. Like I told Mary, I like to be behind the scenes. I know you do, but you do so much good work for us um, that we want you to have an opportunity to talk. So, um, so have have you seen any anything with regard to like what Emmanuel is talking about? Like, so a tax lien wise, like how long is something? I guess, well, it, we kind of talked about it. It depends on the seller's ability to be able to pay those things. But say they can't pay them. Uh, what what is the resolution? Is there a resolution, or is everything done in the water? Like what what yeah. happens? So if if there aren't enough proceeds after you know the mortgage is paid off and there is a tax taking on the property, then we have to do some negotiating and mm. see if the town will take less or how often does that happen? I'm um, sure never. I don't I don't can't remember a transaction. Can you, Emmanuel? No. I mean, there there have been some that have come down to like net proceeds to the seller, you know, three thousand dollars or something. But oh wow, yeah. But so, I, okay. I, sorry, I I don't know if you we, we covered this, but like, what is the process of like finding out like if what the seller owes like the town, like whether it be like they have um, like an outstanding water bill that's like insane, or they haven't paid the trash bill in years, or like wh like what is that sort of process? Yeah, that's a common question that we actually get. And we kind of explain, but I'll let Denise take it. So the seller obviously should know if they haven't paid their water or trash. <laughs> you would think. You would you think. Would think. Right. You would think. Oh, I forgot um, about that one. Oh, I'm just not getting my bills anymore. What do you mean? Right. Well, yeah, we've we've had someone say that. Um <laughs> So yeah, you just, you, you contact the town, you know, it's just like when you order, when you guys order the final water reading, you know, that final water reading comes over and instead of it being the normal, you know, 150, it's, you know, 10,500, you know, um, we have to, um, we have to calculate for that. We have to make sure that it's paid out of the proceeds. 
So is that that's what happens with the MLC? So the municipal lien certificate, you guys are going in, you're ordering that, and that's going to show you if there's any tax liens or with the town specifically. So nothing right. that's been recorded at the registry, but with the town, the right. MLC will show anything on that, right? right? Yes, yeah. it'll show any utility, outstanding utility. Um, it may not be water. Water is usually separate unless there's mm -hmm. a water lien. Um, like you said, if it hadn't been paid for years, most likely the town will put a water lien. Mm -hmm. um, and then any outstanding taxes that haven't been paid, all of that will be on the municipal lien certificate because okay. the town wants to be paid. Yeah, I was going to yes, say the town's do. not negotiating for less. <laughs> so <laughs> then what? So now I'm just at like, this is just a recourse question, I guess. So that same scenario where say the seller's net proceeds aren't enough to cover the payback towards the tax lien and you can't negotiate with the town, but they have, they're like, okay, well, or, or maybe they can, but they needed all of those proceeds to purchase another house or they were putting a sizable down payment. Does the seller then have recourse to withdraw from the transaction and be like, hey guys, sorry, can't sell my house anymore. I have to stay. I'm going to have a manual answer the legalities of that. <laughs> I mean, there's so many repercussions, guys. Right. Yeah, so generally speaking, if a seller is not able to perform, then they, they can't perform. And that's a scenario where they can't convey the property. Again, this is if they, you know, there's some closings where a seller has to bring money to closing in, in yeah. some races. But if you're talking about a scenario where they just don't have the funds to pay what's owed, I mean, then the, then the deal falls apart right there because the seller is unable to perform. What so, if a buyer, what if a, like in this market, a crazy buyer was like, I'll give you $10,000. I'll give you the money to pay the tax. And can that happen? Yeah. So that's what Denise was mentioning where it sometimes becomes negotiable because uh, something like a, I don't a, like a, that. <laughs> and this is in the perfect world. Obviously, if, if a bank, buyer is getting a loan from a bank, the bank, yeah. have the same, but, but perfect world, just buyer and seller, the parties can agree for either party to pay anything really. So there is something that like a tax lien that the um, seller can't afford to pay, but the buyer really wants the house. Yeah. There's nothing preventing the buyer from saying, you know what? I'll pay for it as long as, as long as I want the house. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But I don't know if you said this while I was off air, we have, um, we have a um, audio specialist here. My new friend, Jeff is with us. Uh, so he's just making sure that thing is like all, uh, all put together here for us. So um, did you talk about sometimes like uh, betterments? Like sometimes that would happen. I, I have heard of that where people are like, oh, uh, surprise, there's a betterment for the sore out front and the uh, selling agent didn't know about it and it was never mentioned. So is that something? Is that what we're talking about? Because I just yes, jumped in and yeah, I don't know where the hell you were or where you're going. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's all in the same realm. Yeah. All right. Do you guys have some good, we only have four minutes left if you can imagine that. And I know I just sort of took over again, but do you have, like, give us a juicy one. Like something that was like, like, wow, can you believe that this like happened? Like the one that you can't forget. Yes. Mm. No matter how hard you try, it haunts your dreams still to this day. I don't know, Emmanuel. Well, again, not to, again, because these are our clients after all. We don't want right. to yeah, no names, no addresses. You did a good job at the end. I mean, that, the story has a very good ending, I'm sure. <laughs> sure. So we we have uh, <laughs> we have been um, again. The there was an issue where a, a husband and wife were getting divorced in the sale. They were selling it to our client, mm -hmm. and the um, 
seller seller showed up to closing with a deed that wasn't really notarized. So we're like, no, no, you know, we need a deed oh. notarized. So the seller had to, so we said, we're like, no, go back and get it notarized. So he came back with it notarized. So we, rec- we recorded only to find out we get a call. Well, my client gets a call three weeks later saying that they got a call from a woman who claims that her name was forged and didn't, and is entitled to. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, those are title defects that were, are not apparent. Right. A so, notary needs their notary stamp taken away. <laughs> you know, again, we don't, I don't want to get into too many details, but mm-hmm. a forgery that was given to us, we have no way of knowing. We recorded the deed, conveyed the title to our client again, but fortunately he got title insurance because that insures over those types of, uh, those types of issues. Yeah, so, yeah, but what happens? I mean, she didn't want to sell her house and it just got sold out from underneath her. So again, in, we were fortunate in the case. It's not that she didn't want to sell, but she wanted to make sure she got the funds that she needed to, which is why she was holding out. So we, again, we we mm-hmm. were proactive. We reached out to the seller who did the forgery, let him know that 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 is a crime in the. <laughs> <laughs> we let him know that that was a crime. That's not legal. <laughs> And Slap on the he, hand, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah, and and we connected him with the ex-wife, and again, our 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 concern was obviously with our client to make sure that he received good title. So we wanted to make sure that she, in fact, did sign a deed executed by a notary or, or a witness by a notary to convey title to our client, and then they they took it from there. I mean, I'm at, I don't know whether. The gentleman's in prison or not, but <laughs> he should be. And that was a show. But no, you know sure. what? I think next quarter I'd love to have you come back on because I think we should talk about you know buying um, houses that have tenants in them and all that because there's a lot of repercussions of that type of stuff. Just want to let you know. Somebody asked me to notarize something. His father wasn't feeling well that day, and um, if he would mind if I just brought it to him already signed, <laughs> his will. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm good. <laughs> so, Emmanuel, Denise, thank you so much. How can everybody get in touch with you if they want to get some legal advice? Emmanuel. <laughs> well, yeah, you can obviously, um, thanks for having us. Uh, you can call us at 781 319 1900. My email address is eebot at styles-law.com. Or you can swing by at our office at 892 Plain Street right there in Marshfield. Perfect. Thank Thank you, guys. And if you didn't hear any of that, you can call us at Boston Connect, 781-826-8000. Have a great night, everybody.